Welcome to Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, an intentional community of Catholic leaders. This is a space about Catholic leadership, but not for the parish or the diocese. This is Catholic leadership for the world. Stay with us and allow us to share with you a vision handed to us by the Second Vatican Council to help advance the mission of the church. It all boils down to one idea, engaging society as civic leaders. My name is Christopher Pereira. I'm your host, my co-host, Erin Monin is also in the room. Hi, Erin. Hello, Christopher, and good morning, everyone. Um, before we start, please take the time now to ping five people, five Catholic professionals that you know and follow in Clubhouse. When you do this, they will be invited to join the room and their friends will be notified and attracted to the room as well. Thanks so much. Excellent. Thank you, Erin. And uh, I want to now begin by um, directing everybody's attention to the image of the week. If you are a regular uh, participant of this uh, Clubhouse room every week, we post an, a different image, typically in sacred art, and we share it through our Telegram group. If you go now to Erin or my bio, you will be able to uh, go to the direct link and go right into our Telegram group. And if you join our Telegram group, you'll be able to see the image of the week. This week, we have for you the marriage feast at Cana. And this is a painting that was uh, um, probably painted about uh, around the, the year 1672 by Bartolomé Esteban Murillo. And this is a beautiful, beautiful, just beautiful painting. Uh, one of my favorites. Um of uh, the wedding of Cana, and I chose this painting for the topic of today, which is, which is excellence and relationships. And we're going to talk about excellence and relationships today. Uh, it's a topic that's very much linked uh, to some of the conversations we've had in the past, particularly with regards to professional prestige and professional reputation. But this one is per per perhaps a little more. Uh, focus on, on um, perhaps the technique, the, the, the logistics, uh, the actual application, or, or how, how do we carry out ourselves as professionals, in, as leaders in civil society. But this, this uh, painting of the Wedding of Cana uh, shows us uh, a beautiful image of, of Jesus at a wedding, of course, It's interesting that Murillo chose to uh, paint this very familiar scene from the Bible as if it was taking place in his own times and in his own uh, uh, environment in Europe. And, and it's very interesting because uh, you see that there's, there's a lot of uh, detail being taken care of. Uh, there's a lot of attention to detail in everything that's taking place during this scene and you can you can see that there's there's a certain there's a certain uh, level of, of of care in terms of the food that is served in the table in terms of uh, the water that will soon be transformed into wine by our Lord and even the way that uh, our Lord himself and all of the guests in the party at the party are dressed right even the servants who are serving the the water, Uh, even in the way that they're conducting themselves and, and, and are dressed to themselves, we can see the attention to detail. And this is why this painting is very, very fitting, this image, the image of the week, 
The Wedding at Cana by, Muri by Murillo is very fitting for the topic of today. Today we're going to talk about excellence and relationships. As you know, what brings us together every week here at uh, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society is this idea, which is not our own idea. We didn't come up with it, Erin and I, we didn't come up with it. It's actually an invitation that the church has, has made to the lady. Uh, and you can find that invitation very clearly laid out uh, through several of the documents of the Second Vatican Council. And that invitation is to renew the temporal order to change society from within. And we do it simply by, by doing what we're supposed to do, in, to do anyway with excellence, with excellence. So when it comes to professionalism and the way that we conduct ourselves, uh, it's important to have excellence in our relationships and in everything that we do. I want to read just a, small, just a small fragment of chapter one of the document from the Second Vatican Council titled Apostolicam Actuositatem, which is a document in which we can find, uh, we can find pretty much uh, the roadmap for the lady, what the church sees as our concrete role in society and how we must sanctify ourselves by sanctifying the world. But in this first chapter of the document, uh, the document lays out very clearly what it is that we are supposed to be doing in the world as lady. So, talking about the life of the, of the lady in the world, the document says, This plan for the spiritual life of the lady should take its particular character from their married or family state or their single or widow state, from their state of health and from their professional and social activity. They should not cease to develop earnestly the qualities and talents bestowed on them in accord with these conditions of life, and they should make use of the gifts which they have received from the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, the lady who have followed their vocation and have become members of one of the associations or institutes approved by the church, try faithfully to adopt the special characteristics of the spiritual life which are proper to them as well. They should also hold in high esteem professional skill, family and civic spirit, and the virtues relating to social customs, namely honesty, justice, sincerity, kindness, and courage, without which no true Christian life can exist. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, it is very evident to me how the church calls us to live a life of excellence, a life where we uh, conduct ourselves, particularly in our professional lives, uh, striving for human perfection. And, and in practice, what this means is that every Catholic leader, every Catholic professional, every Catholic leader in civil society must have a very good grasp of basic things such as uh, uh, professional or business meal etiquette, the way that we conduct ourselves, for example, in a, in a dinner, in a formal dinner, dinner, or the way that we should conduct ourselves maybe in the boardroom or in a meeting at our company or organization and the way that we should uh, uh, take, take care of a presentation that we are responsible for or the way that we write, put together, send out an email and that we speak to others and, and simply um, deliver on the work that we're supposed to do daily 
All of these things matter. They're very important. They're part of what builds a professional prestige, a professional reputation, which is important to help advance the mission of the church. When our hearts are in the right place and we're doing everything to give God the glory, all of these things matter. So my hope for this conversation today is that it doesn't really stay out in the clouds, but we bring it down to just the very basic uh, uh, and, and practical examples from our, our own lives on how we uh, conduct ourselves and how we try to um, uh, just be good role models of professionalism, Christian professionalism in our own professional lives, right? Um, I, I'm sure for each one of us here in the room, that means a different thing because we all do different things. We all uh, do something different for a living. But we all have meetings. We all have uh, clients. Some might have clients. Some might have just uh, volunteers, co-workers, peers. Certainly, most of us have supervisors, somebody that we need to report with. And the way that we conduct ourselves and that we carry ourselves, the way that we dress professionally for work and for meetings, all of these things matter. And that's where we'd like to take the conversation today and hopefully um, get a lot of inspiration with that, from that beautiful beautiful painting from Murillo, which is that depiction of our Lord at the wedding of Cana. So I'm going to stop right there, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, Erin, and anybody else who would like to come to the station to share with us a little bit about what you do in your own life to keep the level of professionalism uh, where it should be as a Christian, as a Catholic professional, and how you do that and, and try to keep that bar high for and the standards high on your own life when it comes to excellence in relationships. Erin? Yeah, this is an awesome topic, and it's one that I uh, strive to live and breathe every day, but as with everything else, it's really difficult sometimes. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I think we're all going to be able to inspire each other um, as we have um, every week in our other conversations. So... Um, yeah, excellence in relationships. This is, uh, like Christopher mentioned a little bit, this is kind of a big and broad topic, but like he said as well, we want to bring it down to more of the practicals and the specifics as we so often strive to do in this room with everything else that we discuss. So I'm really excited about that because we're really going to hopefully dive more into like the nitty gritty of like, okay, what can, what does this really look like? How do we live it out already in our own lives? And what are some ways that we can inspire each other to um, live it out uh, either differently or start start living it out <laughs> um, today. So um, just a couple thoughts before we um, continue our conversation that I wanted to um, start us off with. Um, so when we're talking about this topic, um, you know, we can, like I, like we kind of, or like I mentioned earlier, we can kind of think of it in a lot of different ways. So when I see this, I think of, oh, okay, like, I don't think of my professional life. I think of outside of that. So how do I live out excellence in just my daily routine, uh, my prayer life, my spiritual life, my friendships and relationships with my family? Um, so that's like a really good starting point. But then it's actually really beautiful because the two don't have to be separated. So 
I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but like I said, when, you know, when I think of this topic, I don't really think of my work first, but what's so cool is that excellence in relationships is part of every aspect of our life. So in discussing more of the professional side of things, there's a few things that um, we could bring into this conversation, which Christopher touched on a few of them, but I just want to kind of uh, dive into them a little bit more. So um, humility is a virtue that we talk about a lot in this room, and humility is not in contradiction with professional ambition or aspirations to success um, or achieving <laughs> things. It's, it's not in contradiction to that. We can still have a spirit of humility and practice humility in everything we do, yet still have success and ambitions and goals and achievements. So that's something that I want to um, relay. Um, humility is also very important, too. So, you know, even though it's not in contradiction to these things, um, it is important that we do have it and... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, implement it in our lives in the things that we are doing and striving for. Because of course, as we know, on the opposite end of that is arrogance and vanity and doing things for ourselves and not for others or for the glory of God or for the greater good. So humility is a huge part of this um, topic. We're not to be boastful in the things that we're doing or succeeding in or striving for, but rather um, approach it with a humble heart, um, a servant's heart. And honestly, that's that's where everything um, really comes to fruition because that's what the mark of a true Catholic leader. So that's one thing that I wanted to mention. Um, and then, of course, when we do succeed at this um, and when we do really implement excellence in our lives, that becomes an effective means for evangelization. So some of the things Christopher mentioned, you know, as things as, as small or as simple as they may seem, as like emails or the way we dress or the way that we talk to people in a work setting, even though maybe for some of us, those can be very small parts of our day or what we do in our lives, that says a lot about who we are as, as a person, who we are with, as a Catholic Christian, and who we are as we represent the church in our everyday lives. So these things do matter, and the way that we approach um, just everyday situations matters. Um, and they can be an effective means for evangelization because people are drawn to the way that we um, approach our day-to-day -day encounters and um, experiences. So if we're doing that in a humble Christian way, that says so much more than someone who does it in a different way. So those are just a couple of things I wanted to make sure that we remember and focus on um, throughout this conversation. And one other thing, um, excellence has always been um, a word that for me has been difficult to define. And years ago, I had to give a talk on excellence. And I was like, all right, well, I better figure out some sort of definition for this thing because I'm about to talk about it for, you know, X amount of minutes in front of this group. So in doing some research and thinking and, and reading from church documents and other things, I didn't overcomplicate it, but I was just trying to make sure I, I presented it well. Um, what I what I came up with and what it seems to boil down to is excellence is living a virtuous life to become like God, 
um, striving for holiness in everything that we do and becoming a saint. So, of course, this is a, a very good definition, but also if we look at it, we may think, oh, well, I fail at those things every day, so I must not be excellent. Well, that's not the case. Um, the, the goal here is that when we are striving and when, the, when this is our intention and when this is what we are um, wanting and desiring from our life, uh, the Lord sees that and he blesses that and, and we are truly living that excellence. So that was um, another thing that I wanted to just mention before we start. Um, and then, of course, we're focusing on our professional lives. But I just did want to mention a couple of things that are that can happen outside of the professional setting that can bolster and boost um, and help our um, experiences within the professional setting when we're talking about this excellence and relationships. So because, of course, we know everything goes hand in hand. So um, just a few things. Um, we've talked about these in other rooms, but of course, it's it's worth mentioning again, um, because the way we live our lives outside of our work setting, of course, reflects in our work setting. So we always talk about prayer, but prayer is, is so crucial and important. So really starting every day in prayer um, and praying throughout the day has a huge effect on the way that we um, approach all of these uh, situations and experiences in our day-to-day lives. Um, scheduling or, or planning or setting aside time for, for rest and for leisure um, so that we aren't going, 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 and our minds aren't constantly on and doing things, um, but giving ourselves that time with God and to um, marvel in His beauty and the things that He's created and to give ourselves that rest can really go a long way in um, the things that we do throughout the rest of our weeks. Um, Things as small as like taking care of our health and well-being, eating well, getting enough sleep, doing things um, that help us um, so that we can have the energy and the strength and the endurance um, for each day to do the things that the Lord is calling us to. So those are just another few things I wanted to mention um, that, of course, happen outside of our work setting, but we can bring into it um, and that help it along the way. So anyways, I will stop talking for now, but those are some of my initial thoughts. And again, thank you so much for being here, all of you. And we're excited to continue this conversation. Thank you so much, Eric. I'm so glad, uh, Erin, I'm so glad that you um, touched on excellence because this is all about excellence, really. And we should not be afraid of the word. It really, it's all about giving God the glory through our lives, through the way that we, you know, Everything that we have is a gift from God. Our professional lives, our professional education, our professional career, our job, all of it comes from it. So when we deliver on our responsibilities and duties as professionals with excellence, we're just really giving him the glory, giving him back uh, what, what belongs to him in, in the way, in the proper way that we should. I want to quickly quickly jump into the practical aspects of, of the topic of today, excellence and relationships. So, uh, and and all of you, Beth, Kelly, Paul, Brian, Giovanna, Crystal, Pedro, Amy, uh, Andika, Norma, Alex, Manu, uh, Moses, Lisa, Som- Somain, uh, all of you, please, uh, you're welcome to come to the stage and share with us 
how you see this uh, uh, being uh, unfold in your own professional lives for yourself or, or for your co-workers or peers. But I want to talk, for example, about uh, networking and business meal etiquette. You know, you never get a second chance to make a good first impression. We have heard that many times, and it's so true. So being timely for our meetings, uh, you know, uh, I, this, this is uh, perhaps, uh, maybe maybe it should come more natural. Gosh, I wonder if this is a bad thing to say. Perhaps this should come uh, more natural uh, for, for the gentleman, but a good handshake, you know, is something that in business one should master. And, and, and I know that we, we live in this COVID world where potentially the handshake is going to go away. And I, I think that that's a real possibility that we're, you know, even in the Western world, we might begin to adopt this uh, Eastern or, or Asian sort of uh, saluting one another without using our hands. But uh, assuming that it won't go into, into, into extinction, I think the handshake is still very important in business and that one ha- uh, is able to have a, a give a, a firm handshake with a smile when greeting somebody, especially for the first time. Again, we only get a chance to make a, a good first impression once, right? So all of these things are, are good. Let me tell you a story, and I, I love to hear stories from you as well. Um, many years ago, when I was about to uh, interview for a position, um, I haven't had to do this much in my life. Uh, surprisingly, many times I've been working on things that I just simply started on my own. But uh, many years ago when I was about to go into an interview, and perhaps that's why, I wasn't thinking much of it because um, it just hadn't done uh, interviews much. But I was going to go into an interview, and I usually uh, dress in a suit. Uh, but for some reason, that morning I felt like, eh, I'm, I'm not going to wear a suit. I just, I'll just wear a dress shirt and, and, and some dress pants. I mean, I, I won't look like a homeless person, but I'm going, uh, I don't feel like putting on the suit. And my wife looked at me and, <laughs> and she just said, she just looked at me with this face and she says, she just said, wear the suit. <laughs> and I, and I put on the suit and I, um, you know, and I got the position. So, and I, I, I want to think that, that the first impression that I gave, because then I heard that feedback from the people that interviewed me, once they became my, my co-workers, um, that I gave that impression of professionalism, and that was a, a good point for me in, in, in getting that position. So all of these things really matter, really matter. And, and the way that, you know, think about when you begin a new job, a new position, you, you know, one thing is getting the job. Then you go in, and now... You need to have uh, cause a good impression with your supervisors and with your peers so that you, you gain their respect and their trust and you can work well together, right? So all of these things are important. Of course, first impressions can only take you so, so far. You need to back it up with substance. You really have to work hard and do what you're supposed to do. And that's very different for each one of us. But, uh, you know, when we are... Now moving into, for example, the the business meal, which is something that takes place in many of our different uh, work uh, situations. Um, we must remember that the goal of a business meal or a business launch very often uh, is not really 
to eat, but, but to carry out business in a more relaxed atmosphere. That doesn't mean that we need to relax our manners. And some of us might have been a little more blessed than others in terms of receiving some basic instructions when it comes to a business meal, or not business, but just simply meal etiquette. And perhaps others don't, but it is still all of ours, our responsibility to uh, learn the basics of uh, meal etiquette and how, how to conduct ourselves in a table. So um, we need to really remember the, the goal of a business uh, lunch. Uh, and we need to arrive on time. We should dress professionally. Uh, and, and one of the things that, that is often missed is that when we're invited to eat, the person that's invited, that has invited us and invited uh, sometimes the entire group in the table, if maybe we're joining a large uh, event and we're joining someone's table, that person is the host. And when we're uh, sitting down to eat a meal with him or her, that's the person that leads, meaning that we sit down, meaning, first of all, that that's the person that's going to grab on uh, sitting the best seat, the seat that has the best view, let's uh, per se. And we're going to wait for that person to take his or her seat before we sit. And then we're going to wait for that person to start eating before we start eating. And as they, they continue to bring all of the different uh, courses of the meal, we're always going to follow the lead of the host. That's something that we often forget. Uh, you know. But uh, you know, there's so, so many different minutia uh, items that we could talk about when it comes to the business uh, meal um, that I, I don't want to, certainly don't want to monopolize. And, and today, just for today, I'm going to uh, invite by name some of my na- uh, friends who are here in the room uh, uh, Paul, Brian, um, Amy, I know you have lots of experience. Norma, I know at St. Vincent de Paul, you have had many breakfasts and lunch, uh, business, uh, uh, opportunities. And I know you have lots to, to say about this. This is important. This is important that we, that we, uh, know how to conduct ourselves in a business meal. And, and you know, some of the things that we never do, for example, uh, well, at some situations, it, it might be more appropriate, but especially during the day, other than wine to accompany the, the, the meal, we shouldn't really be ordering alcohol, right? There, there are so many different reasons for that. Uh, we we cert- certainly want to be in control of, of how we are acting and behaving, and it just doesn't look appropriate, right? Uh, other, again, other than the wine that is served to accompany the food, um, the way that we use our utensils is something that is, is uh, uh, you know, very often we forget that our glasses are going to be on the right, uh, by our right hand. And, and, and those are the ones that we're going to, I have done it in the past where I got confused and I grabbed a glass from the left side of the, of my space in the table. And that was somebody else's glass, you know? Um, and, and when you have a, a, a meal that has seven different courses coming your way uh, and you have different forks and knives in the table. Is everybody clear about what to do? Can everybody share with anybody share with us maybe what your uh, some uh, stumbling uh, stumbling blocks or, or, or stones that you have found along the way when you had to sit down to eat? I know I, I didn't always know these things, 
but it is it is important to know. And a good rule uh, is is to start from the outside and work our way in in terms of uh, grabbing our forks or knives according to the meal that we're going to be served. Right. Some of these things are so basic that I'm often surprised when they're not followed. For example, one that was really a big deal at home at my house when I was growing up was uh, chewing your mouth with your uh, chewing your food with your mouth closed. And um, I have been really surprised to see uh, CEOs, to see uh, people in very, very high uh, positions of authority at, at large institutions that do not follow this very basic rule of meal etiquette of chewing your, your food with your mouth closed. And, you know, I mean, we all we can all miss a, a, a time or so, but some people simply don't have the habit. And it just doesn't look good. It's not pleasant. When you think about etiquette and manners, what are we doing here if it isn't being charitable to others? When you think about all of these rules that we have to follow, and sometimes we, we might wonder to ourselves, why are we even having to follow all of these protocols, well, they are all there for a reason, and, and they, they developed as part of our Western heritage, for, for many of us, uh, our Western heritage, and, and they developed as part of Christendom. That's, that's where they developed. And they developed uh, at, at their foundation as a way to be more considerate and charitable to others. And this is why for Christians they are a must. They're not just rules that we need to follow. Um, but I'm monopolizing the mic, Erin. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts you'd like to share on this. Yeah, I can share some more ideas. Um, I think Lisa might have been trying to get on stage, but it's not showing on my end. So if that happens again, Christopher, I'll put you in charge of that. Um, yeah, no, Christopher, I'm so glad you're talking about like very um, specific and practical things for this conversation, because really, um, this is this is what it comes down to. And this is where it is so important. Like we said, in those in those little things, um, you know, we're, we're not all in we're all in very different occupations. Um, but um, these, we all experience some of, of, of what we've been discussing. I mean, everyone has to send emails. Everyone has to dress up for some, for a meeting or, uh, um, an, an encounter with, um, for a, an event or, what, or whatever. So we all have things that we can relate to in this discussion, but, um, just a couple of things. I see we have a lot of people on stage now, so I'll keep it very brief, but, um, when we're talking about etiquette, um, we've discussed a lot about business um, meal etiquette and professional attire and and um, things like that. But um, also uh, networking. Um, we have all been to networking events, um, as I'm sure. Um, anyway, I'm sure we all have many stories about those, but. Um, this is really important when we're talking about that first impression that Christopher brought up. Um, this is this is really a good time to um, bring out your professionalism and your etiquette and your um, humility and all the things that we've discussed already in this conversation. Um, networking events are huge and they're very important for a lot of reasons and don't need to go into that right now. But 
that is like the prime opportunity for you to be making connections, good first impressions, and truly finding people that you can work with or relate to or connect on projects with, whatever the case may be for whatever the event is. But networking etiquette is so important. That's when that good firm handshake comes into play. That's when Perhaps there are usually refreshments or snacks, but the the eating and the drinking etiquette, that's when that comes into play. How you dress, that is majorly at play. So really, all of these things um, can are present in this. And we all go to networking events, some of us more than others, but those are so important and so huge. And um, they're not more important than anything else, but that is a time when we um, truly need to bring out each of these aspects of um, this excellence that we're discussing. So um, that's one thing. And then also in emails, um, we've touched on this in some conversations before, but... um, I am constantly like disappointed and very surprised by how um, professional people send and word emails. Um, The emails are a great way for communication and they're very important. And um, the way that you say things, even though the person cannot hear what you're saying, tone does come across. Um, and details come or lack thereof come across. And so when we're sending emails, we need to make our, um, our tone kind, even if it's not an easy, um, or good email to be that you're writing, whether it's you're sending some bad news or you're, you're frustrated with the person you're emailing because they haven't gotten back to you. Um, our tone and the way that we say things should always be positive or um, at least we need to be approachable and not be um, targeting or cutting people off or or anything. Um, Our wording is so important and the tone in which we say things is so important. Making sure all of the details are there. I think my coworkers think I'm insane because all of my emails always have every single detail about the thing that I'm talking about. But I notice a lack of that in ev- in the way that many people communicate. And details are important, whether it's about a meeting, whether it's about an event that's coming up that all of you are a part of, whether it's, you know, it can be anything. Details are important. And when there's no details, you're wasting someone's time because then you have to go back and forth. You have to call them. You have to email them again. You have to walk over to their cubicle and try to talk more about it. So just send details. It's not that difficult. So these are just a couple of things um, that I wanted to mention as well as we're talking about these these more practical things. Um, and lastly, um, sometimes in, in certain work settings, um, you know, we maybe we stand out because we're the only one doing these things. And that can tend to feel um, isolating or or you can maybe think, oh, well, maybe I don't need to be trying as hard or doing all of these things because no one else is and no one else seems to care. And yes, this can even be when it's the person that's your manager or the CEO. But don't let that stop you from living out these um, aspects of excellence that we're discussing today. Um, we are called to stand out in this way and we are called to be different and we're called to um, live in a way that is respectful and honorable to the people that we surround ourselves with and 
It's okay to dress up every single day for work. It's okay to be the only one who sends detailed oriented emails. It's okay to be the only one who does all of these things. It's There's nothing wrong with it. It's actually so, so good, even if no one else around you is doing it. So that's something I will leave you all with. We have a lot of people on stage, so I'll let you guys talk now. Um, I think, Lisa, you were here first, so I'll hand over the mic to you. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Erin and Christopher, for um, hosting the room this week again. Um, what a blessing and what you've shared so far. Yes, um, lots to say about this. <laughs> but what I am what I feel um, called to share is that um, a couple of points um, is that excellence is so important. And I totally agree. Um, but excellence is not the same as perfectionism. And speaking as a continuing recovering perfectionist, <laughs> sometimes those two can get um, intertwined and confused with one another. Um, and the beautiful part about excellence is you don't have to be perfect to be excellent. You just have to be striving for the best that you can be, the best that you can give. Um, and again, excellence um, perfectionism doesn't leave any room for humility, like Aaron was talking about. Um, but excellence does because we have to be humble, um, to, uh, to be excellent and to show, um, to live for Christ and for others in what we do and what we say and how we look. And, and you're exactly right. You know, um, it is true. It is important, um, how we show up and how we act how we conduct ourselves and the different aspects of, um, of our professional life and our home life and just life in general. Um, so important. And I think, you know, when we first started, when you both first started talking, the, the thought came to me that, um, you know, in our Western culture, especially, and I think it's, it's bleeding over into other cultures as well. Unfortunately, you know, we've become so lax, so laid back, so quote unquote chill, if you will, so whatever, you know, all is good type of, a, um, you know, those, those catchphrases and to the, to the detriment of our, um, our dignity <laughs> and our God, our God given, um, capacity of being made in the image and likeness of God. If we really thought about that, what an incredible dignity we have. And John Paul II used to talk about that so often in his writings and his speeches that we are so, so we we are created um, by <laughs> by such a loving and merciful and just God, and you know we to shine Christ to others through our humanity is so important. You know we can either like you, like you all have said. I've just you know I'll just reiterate what you said um, that truly do. You know we always say you shouldn't judge a book by a cover, but in our humanness we all do. You know, I'm guilty of that. And, you know, I always am wrong usually <laughs> when I do that. But to attract others to Christ and to Christian values and principles, it is important that we, you know, we put on our best. And whatever that is, you know, um, you know, the best that we can. I know, um, gosh, there was, there was a couple other things I wanted to share. Um, oh, just about... Um, how we interact in, um, like you said, it, through email or through the written word, 
and language and language is important, you know, both written and spoken. And again, you know, I can't remember where I heard this, but it said, you know, the way, the way of, um, the way of, uh, what I want to say, the way of our language goes the way of the culture. Um, and that's kind of scary when you hear some of the language that's being thrown around, you know, um, in the corporate world and well, as well as our personal life. It's very base <laughs> and not very edifying. So true. I totally 100% agree. You know, it's important. It might take a little, little more time, um, you know, if you're not in the habit of that, but to, um, you know, to do things well. And when, um, I come from both uh, corporate background as well as working um, for the church um, in, during my lifetime. Um, I'm teaching and formator and all of that. And um, I'm in a hiatus right now. I'm not working for anybody outside of uh, getting a paycheck anyways. <laughs> um, but it was interesting when I first came into the church, um, when I was working for the church, I came from the corporate background and I was... Um, I was kind of taken aback by um, just like you said that it's like this, you know, why aren't we dressing up here? You know, <laughs> not to show off or anything, but just to, con- to conduct ourselves professionally. And, it, you know, and that might not be true in, in some other places, but um, yeah. And in some, in, you know, in some other corporate places as well that I have worked in, worked in several places um, and just the lack of professionalism, it really did shine through. Not on, not only on um, myself, but also for the the people that were present there. Um, you know, the, the the other thought that came to me was grace builds on nature, and like it or not, what we do, what we say, how we look, how we present ourselves, how we um, show up for others um, matters. It really does. And one other thing I wanted to share too, Christopher, you had mentioned about showing up for meetings on time, and I can so relate to that. Um, I am a chronic time. Um, I have I have trouble with time. I just as always have, um, and that's not you know. I think I'm a, I'm a dreamer, so <laughs> to watch the clock is hard for me. Um, but I would have trouble coming to um, meetings on time, and it's not because I wanted to offend anybody. It's just I just was bad habit for, that I've gotten into, and so it was interesting because I know I was struggling with that. I talked about my to my spiritual director at the time about it, and he said, "And this is beautiful. It stuck with me, and it's really helped me." So anybody else who's kind of <laughs> kind of has that bent, I offer this to you, hopefully as a um, as a golden nugget. But he said to me, Lisa. He said, showing up on time is an act of charity. He said, it's an act of charity for those folks. He said, so my resolution was not only to show up on time for the meetings, but to show up um, 10 minutes earlier. And when you're stressed and when you're hurried and when you don't have any boundaries and balance, that's really hard. So that's the other beautiful part is it helped me to put those um, pieces into place to start to work on habits um, so that I could practice that Christian charity. And so I could show up and be present, fully present for the persons that were there and what we were discussing. So again, hurry, stress, um, you know, not having boundaries or balance really um, pushes the edge for us that want to give our best. So again, any way you can root out those in your life is a good thing. But thank you so much for letting me chat on. I'm Lisa and um, God bless you all. I'll do the mic. 
Lisa, thank you. Such good stuff we've already heard today from both Erin and Lisa. Uh, and we're running out of time, so I quickly want to go into Crystal, and then uh, we're going to Amy, Brian, and Paul. Crystal, go ahead, please. Thank you, Christopher and Erin and uh, everyone. Um, a joy again to be here. And I had a lot of questions come up, and Lisa did uh, touch on one with regard to language in particular because my work is in the online world, my interest is in etiquette, and I've got questions for this group more than anything, um, etiquette in the online or virtual world of events and mixers. I find that um, even though these events tend to be hosted through Zoom or uh, other um social media tools. Crystal, uh, Crystal, I'm sorry, your microphone is failing. Uh oh, can you hear? Can you hear me now? Yes, better. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, so again, the question is etiquette in online or virtual events and mixers. And my big issue is with language, as Lisa touched on. Um, trying to have, you know, how does one? engage in meaningful conversations um, that can lead to great collaborations when language has become so coarse. And I have been in quite a few of them online. And I had have also been in a learning environment uh, surrounded by, um, you know, very bright group of women um, this is a non-Christian um, uh, group. Uh, many of them are. And I had to leave because the language, the coarseness of the language was so difficult for me to, um, for me to get around. Um, and even after coming out of that type of environment, I just felt like, I really couldn't function the way I wanted to and needed to in order to be light. And I don't think that I'm one who has thin skin, so to speak. But um, there, there comes a line that has to be drawn in terms of tolerances, personal tolerances and so forth. And uh, I've just been amazed at how much of this is so acceptable and it's almost like water running off of a duck's back. Um, but for my own, in <laughs> um, trying to keep with who I am and what I'm about in terms of um, what God has called and me to do and asked me to be, I have to now be very selective about where I'm going to have those meaningful conversations, even in secular circles. And the last thing I want to say is, as Lisa said, this is most definitely a reflection of the culture. I'm Crystal, and I thank you so much for the opportunity to share my thoughts. Crystal, thank you so much for that. I think we all, uh, I'm sure pre pretty much everybody here in the room understands exactly what you're talking about, because we all face this. And, and this is exactly what we're having this conversation because uh, we, the Christian, the Catholic professionals, should be making a difference with the use of language and everything else. Amy, would you please share with us? Yes, thank you, Christopher. Uh, thank you to Lisa and Crystal who um, have offered some really wonderful 
um, insights. And, you know, uh, to, to echo you, Crystal, um, as Christopher was mentioning, um, maybe the lack of table manners he's found um, and the lack of, um, you know, formal dress that we find in the, um, in the professional world. I immediately thought, you know, this is a, a really a sign of the culture. Um, in so many other areas of the culture, we see um, also a relaxing of of manners of dress, of language. Um, but you know, personally, uh, inspired by my faith, I you know always made the the choice to um, make sure that the way in which I dress, the way in which I present myself, you know, either in emails, you know, virtually a virtual presence or a physical presence was in line uh, with the teachings of Christ and, and with the dignity that the human person has. Um, and so it's, it's difficult in this world, but as Christopher says, we really are called to be lights, um, even as professionals. So thank you again for everyone who has shared so far. And those were just some thoughts that I wanted to share. Thank you so much, Amy. And for those of you like Amy and Erin and Brian, who I know in person and I've, I've seen, right, physically in person, uh, I can attest to the level of professionalism that they conduct themselves and carry themselves with. So thank you for sharing that with us, Amy. And Brian, it's good to hear from you, Brian. No, thank thank you for having me and, and calling on me, and I love this uh, conversation. I think the only thing that I would add, because I know we're up against some time, is uh, follow-up. You know, what do we do after the networking event? What do we do after that dinner? What do we do after that lunch? And and I think the, the thing that I've learned just over time and being a professional in 20 years is, is not everyone follows up. And, and I think, you know, whether it's a handwritten note after a lunch, a handwritten note after you meet someone, um, you know, something that I do is, you know, every month I pick five people that I'm focused on and that's all across the board, whether it's, you know, my wife and then my coworkers and or former players or things like that. I pick five that I really try to invest in, um, you know, continuing to cultivate and steward the relationships so that, you know, if there is a time that I need to make an ask, um, you know, that it's already established. So that, that's really the only thing that I wanted to add in, in this pursuit to excellence in, in relationships, but also, you know, as we, um, try to get closer and closer to, to be like Christ. Yes, Brian, absolutely. I think that was the, the piece that was missing. Well, there are so many pieces that are missing. We couldn't possibly cover everything that there is to when it comes to excellence and relationships and building a professional reputation. But you are all contributing so much to the conversation. So thank you for that. Follow-up is definitely something that a lot of professionals leave out or neglect. And we shouldn't, as, 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 as Catholic leaders in civil society, we should not be doing that. Paul, would you please share? Yeah, um, thanks again for sharing all your thoughts. I, uh, I wanted to kind of go back to the wedding feast at Cana and uh, kind of uh, reflect on the circumstances surrounding the miracle. Um, Consider for a moment that at that period of time, uh, Christ was already beginning uh, some of his ministry 
that is, he was already beginning to call um, some of his disciples, and that in the actual feast, he had some of his disciples with him. But he had not yet done a public miracle. And uh, I think this should be a, uh, a sign to us to consider that uh, not that timing is everything, but that timing is important. Uh, in fact, even then, our Lord did not uh, 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 reveal himself through a miracle until Our Lady uh, coaxed him into uh, into the um, into doing so. Um, so I think that these are a few things that that are important mysteries that uh, we ought to consider. Um, and one of them, of course, whether it's evangelization, whether it's evangelization through professional work, has to include uh, the period of time to prepare and then ultimately to to reveal. Um, in many ways, that may be a way of challenging and saying like that, you know, when you look for a place or if you yourself become a boss um, or a leader, you know, to give time for people to develop their skills in continuing education. Uh, that could be an important uh, lesson to be learned from all this. Uh, uh, as, as far as I like, in the professional you know, world um, and how as Christians we ought to, um, you know, so to speak, um, I don't say uh, lead by uh, encouraging a, a, a life of uh, always pursuing what is true. And, and through that, it could be, you know, training or, or true education. But those are my thoughts on that. I just uh, wanted to leave that out is that timing uh, does indeed uh, matter. Thank you, Paul. Timing is indeed a crucial component of this equation that we are working on together. And, and whoa, how time flies when we're having an interesting conversation. It's time for that summary that only Erin can do like uh like nobody else Erin, please take it away thanks christopher um yeah wow this was such an amazing conversation and uh this went by really fast so yeah thank you all for participating because it was um so inspirational and helpful and i i think there were so many different ideas shared and a lot of you thought of things that christopher and i didn't touch on and um we're so grateful for you just adding to this conversation and contributing so much so thank you um, so we began uh, with quoting a couple, uh, excuse me, a couple paragraphs from the first chapter of Apostolicum Actuositatem, which is one of the documents from Vatican II. And I'm not going to reread it, but we can post it in our Telegram group later. Um, but basically, Christopher read it for us, and it's it just laid out um, such a great foundation for talking about what it is that we specifically are called to do in our professional and our social lives. And it's it talked about um, making use of the gifts that we have received from the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, how um, and then laying that foundation for our conversation to how to implement those. So such great words from that document. And we will post that in the group for all of you to read um, again later. Um, we shared that excellence is about giving God all the glory in everything that we do. 
And one thing that we uh, started talking about as we got more into the practicals of this is um, that you never get a second chance to make a a good first impression, which is so true. That's what a first impression is. (laughs) It's in the definition. So some of the practicals that we uh, started off by discussing are um, having a good handshake, dressing professionally, practicing business and meal etiquette, and as in manners matter, (laughs) Um, arriving to things on time or early. Um, And then even deeper, you know, when we are at these, these events or these business meetings, you know, the person doing the inviting is the host and that person leads everything. They lead the meal, they lead the, um, the, the event, they lead whatever it is. So we are to follow that leadership. That person's supposed to sit down first at the table. That person eats first, and then we follow. Things like that. Um, And then even in these kinds of um, experiences or events, we, you know, we're we're also to practice that um, that honor and that and that dignity and that respect for those around us. Perhaps by not ordering alcohol unless it's provided by the host. Things like that. So we really got into some deep practicals to start us off. And then all of you contributed such wonderful things. So I'd like to share some of that. Um, Lisa, you talked about excellence and perfectionism. Um, Thank you for making that distinction. We have talked a lot about perfectionism in the past in this room. And of course, our definition of perfectionism is in the way that Christ has revealed it to us. But in the way that the world sees perfectionism, of course, it's it's a lot more demanding and very different than the excellence that we're talking about today. So you said that excellence is not the same as perfectionism. You don't have to be perfect to be excellent. Perfection does not leave any room for humility, but excellence does. Such wonderful points and something that we really, that I'm, I'm really glad you made those distinctions for us because it is important that we uh, clearly define the difference between those two things. Um, you also shared that everything has become so casual or chill or lax, and, and this is really to the detriment of our dignity, which I love how you worded that. Um, we see that every day in, in the experiences we all have, that um, so many people, just this, there's just this lack of, of care, basically, for, for the way they present themselves to the world and in so many different ways, and it's truly a detriment to our dignity. So thank you for pointing that out, Lisa. Um, and then you mentioned also the way of our language goes the way of our culture. And of course, we had a small discussion about it after that. But yeah, so true. I mean, language is so important in all of these things that we're talking about and all of the settings that we find ourselves in. So it's important that we that we have clear and, and uplifting and good and helpful and honest kind of language instead of the alternatives. So thank you for sharing that, Lisa. And then showing up on time is an act of charity. I love that. I think you said your spiritual director sh- uh, told you that. Um, I've heard that in other words before, and it's such a great reminder for all of us. Um, it really is an act of, of respect, honor, charity um, to the people that we are showing up for. So thanks for sharing that. Um, Amy, you shared a couple of awesome things with us as well. Um, you said that there has been a relaxing of manners and language and dress in our culture, very similar to some of the things Lisa shared. Um, so true. And again, it's it gives us an opportunity as Catholic professionals and, and leaders in society um, to, to not have relaxed manners, language, and dress. And, and it really gives us an opportunity to stand out. 
Um, and then Amy, you said that we are called to be the light as professionals. And, and of course, that is so true. So thank you for sharing those thoughts. Brian, you, you shared an awesome nugget with us. Follow up is so crucial. You're absolutely right. Um, and a lot of people do not do that these days. So another way that we can stand out. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. And then Paul uh, concluded us talking about um, the how we began this conversation about our um, image of the week, the wedding feast at Cana, and said there is a time for everything and how beautiful and true that that is. Um, you mentioned a time to repair and a time to reveal. Um, and the Lord, the Lord shows us that he guides us through those, um, those things. He, he shows us the time for, for each thing that we are to do. So thank you, Paul, for sharing that. And thank you everyone again so much for contributing to the conversation. And thank you to those in the audience who listened. Christopher, I'll pass it off to you. Thank you very much for that, Erin. I'm looking here at our list of topics, Erin, and I, we don't just come up with them <laughs> uh, on the spot. We actually have a list, and I think that next week is divine filiation. Uh, so that's what we'll be talking about next week. Hopefully all of you will join us. We're going to wrap it up. Please follow Erin and I. I also invite you to keep the conversation going in our Telegram group. Uh, and of course, you can uh, find the image of the week there as well to go to our Telegram group and join that. Simply go into Ernst or my bio and the direct link is right there. Uh, and also, don't forget to join the Catholic Professionals Club here on Clubhouse. Join us live on Clubhouse Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you like what you hear um, during our conversations, then listen to it again or share it through the week through our podcast. You can find it in all the platforms. Just look for Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. And again, remember why we're here. Remember why we have these conversations because we feel that it is urgently needed in the world today that Catholics, lay Catholics, step up into that leadership role that the church, Mother Church, has called us to take on in civil society. And this is why we ask you every week to just look at the way things are and consider what we can do about them. Why? Because if not now, when? And if not us, who? Have a wonderful day and a blessed week. Take care.